Bonjour everyone and welcome to Casser les Lignes, the French football podcast with the accent brought to you by Breaking the Lines, football opinions curated by professionals from all around the world. Thanks for listening to Casser les Lignes. This week is a bit of a special week for us. We are doing the Ligue 1 preview and I'm going to be joined by Baptiste from Le Classic Pod. We're releasing four episodes where we're going to talk about all the teams in Ligue 1. We decided to split those episodes, uh, this preview in four. Uh, one episode will be about the teams fighting to avoid relegation. One of them about the teams that we think will end up into the middle of the table. One of them, the four teams that will fight for uh, Europa League. And then the last one will be about the teams fighting for the title. Spoiler alert, Paris Saint-Germain will be in there. Listen to all four episodes. Ask us questions. Tell us what you disagree on. Get in touch with both um, Baptiste or myself. And also, of course, check the website Breaking the Lines for all the latest articles. And check the podcast of Breaking the Lines, Corta Linhas, the Portuguese uh, podcast also has uh, a pretty cool preview of the season by Zach Lawi. Thank you very much for listening to Casse de Ligne. Hope you enjoy those four episodes. Please subscribe, like, ask all the questions that you want. But first, music. The Ligue 1 preview continue on Cassel uh, Breaking the Lines, French football podcast with the accent, and it's still Jeremy Magan with Baptiste from Le Classic. Thanks for being here again, Baptiste. We're talking about the team that we think are going to be in the middle of the table uh, this season. Baptiste, hit me. Give me six teams <laughs> that you think are going to uh, finish what well, is position, uh, what is it, 9 to, to 15 roughly? Yeah, so I've got Lorient, Brest, Nantes, Toulouse, Reims, and Lille. Oh, I have Montpellier. We know that we disagree yeah. on that. Uh, Lorient, Strasbourg, I have mm. in there. Toulouse, Reims, and Nantes. So again, uh, a couple of teams that we disagree. We talked about Montpellier and Brest on, on the mm. previous episode. And, and please tune in and, uh, and go and check out our episode on the teams that we think are going to be relegated, where we mentioned uh, Montpellier, Brest, Ajaccio, Angers, Auxerre, Clermont, and Troyes. Um, but we're going to talk about those teams. So we'll talk about Lorient, Toulouse, Reims, Nantes. We're going to, I'm going to try and let you convince me that Strasbourg can be uh, a, a bit higher. So we're not going to talk about Strasbourg now, although I don't think that yeah. they're going to be higher than, uh, than ninth. Let's talk about Lille and, and let's start mm. with them because I think they're going to be a, a very interesting squad this year. So you don't see them uh, at a at a good spot, I see them personally finishing six this season or in potentially higher. Uh, talk to me about Lille. Why do you not see them uh, going that far? I'm just I'm just a naturally cautious person, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I think their transfers have made sense. Like Bayo's a good signing. Obviously, we've talked about him. We were both impressed by him. I think Jonas Martin is is a good solid signing for midfield replacing Sheka, I suppose, who I think has, has left the club. Um, and there's obviously still talent there, there um, with uh, Jonathan David, um, Zegrova, which I know you like. Um, Jallo is a, is a decent, is a decent uh, center back, but you know, there, there are gaps in that side that, um, and they're, you know, 
goalkeeping goalkeeping wise, I'm not sure. Sedic has really been replaced at fullback. It was, it was already a bit tedious at left fullback last year with Jallo playing there. There's not a lot of cover for Fonte. The midfield is a little bit plodding without Renato Sanchez breaking the lines. And I just don't trust um, Timothy Ware and Jonathan Bamba to be any sort of consistent players. So if you if you combine that with an unknown entity that is Paolo Fonseca, and uh, and that's no that's not meant to be a, any sort of disrespect to him. I think it's just we'll see how he fits with his team, how his fit, team fits to him, and how he finds finds Ligue 1. There's a little bit of unknown there. Then I think those are all ingredients for me to make me more unsure about them than than other sides, and um, and that's why I have them in that in that category. Um, I I I just don't feel like they've done anything that really really moves the needle. Um, apart from bio, I think, and I think what this shows is that it's going to be a uh, a, a very fascinating season in Liga. Because mm. uh, I suppose I started with this. Um, so they, they've lost uh, Sven Botman, of course, who went to Newcastle yes. and who, who was instrumental last year. Uh, Zeki Selic, um, Domagos Bradaric, which was one of the two left back that they were using. Uh, Bura Yulmaz, who didn't have a great season last year mm. anyway. Cheka left on the free. Uh, they've lost their best player, Hatem Benarfa. <laughs> um, they've lost <laughs> Jeremy Pie. And Ivo Gerbic was sent back to Atletico Madrid because he didn't convince yeah. anyway. Um, they've got um, Yazice, who came back uh, from his loan in, in Moscow, but uh, there's there's doubt that he's going to stay. Um, and they've got Jonas Martin that you mentioned, Atim Zedatka, who's here to replace um, Selic. Remy Cabela, who's a bit old, but maybe it's a chance mm. for him to, to do something. Mohamed Bayou, who I think is going to be a, a fantastic pair with, with David. And a, a young centre-back, Alexandro, from uh, Portugal. They haven't yet sold Renato Sanchez, but mm. word is, it's not, if it's not today, it's tomorrow. Um, yeah. They haven't yet lost Amadou Onana, uh, the same same story he's uh he's quite um he's quite looked thought after i should say uh, in premier league um and, and yeah. also in spain so there's a chance that he would go the goalkeeper is is a big uh, interrogation mark leo jardim is there and lucas chevalier who was on loan at valenciennes last year and who did okay with valenciennes he's now back in lille and uh where this he might steal the the role from uh, from jardim um and then there's Young, unproven talent. Um, you said it. Uh, Timothy Rea, Angel Gomez, Isaac Lehaji, um, even even defensively, uh, Gabriel Goodmanson, uh, who's only 23 and, and who's going to start his second season, um, Thiago Jallo. And then there's, I guess, proven talent, but maybe a maybe on the, on the wrong side of 30, right? Jonas Martin, 32. Uh, Jose Fonte, closer to 40 than he is to 30, 38 years old. Mm. Um, and uh, and a player like Remy Cabela also who's 32. So it's a, it's a squad that, yes, I guess, could, could could go anywhere. I just have a lot of faith in uh, in their firepower. I think, you know, Jonathan mm. Bamba, who was, uh, who was great a couple of seasons ago, um, had, a, had a bad season last year, and I think he can jump uh, jump back from it. Uh, Edon Jegrova, not that I expect him to be the, the the young player of the year, but I think he's going to to have some some games where he's going to make a real difference. Um, I, I have 
I have so much time for David Bayo up front because um, mm. it's just going to be it's just going to be dangerous. It's a tall guy and a small guy. Uh, Jonathan David will be able to play again as a nine and a half rather than an actual striker. Mohamed Bayo can score from any position, so if he adapts well, mm. uh, he, he can really make a difference. I guess the defense is scary. I mean, if you look at the 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 uh, players to start with, they only have five players technically who are defenders, uh, which is Jalo, Alexandro, Fonte, Gudmundsson, and Enzeladka. So it's either young players are coming up or they're waiting for a couple of more sales to 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 buy more players. I mean, they've already got 40 million for Botman. Mm. So we know that they had issues financially since uh, since Lopez left, but they should be able to recruit um, a couple of more players. I have, you know, I put them finishing six in, in my opinion, because I think that um, Fonseca will bring this winning mentality to Lille. I think he, he will, um, you know, I hope, I guess for him, that he will be able to really really the troop around him. I mean, I, I love Benjamin André in the midfield and having mm. him next to Jonas Martin is really going to consolidate, in my opinion, um, the defensive midfield. And they're both quite comfortable ball to fit. If Renato Sanchez doesn't go anywhere, um, it, this is going to be crazy offensively um, mm. for Lille, which, uh, again, I'm, I'm fairly certain is going to PSG, even if it's not done yet. Um, so I do think that there's a lot of talent. And I think that if I look at the season... I think like a coach like Fonseca, he might not beat Paris, Monaco, Lyon, Rennes, but he'll be serious enough and he'll be, you know, reckless enough and efficient enough to get rid of the 12 teams that are going to supposedly finish under them and to mm. do that with serious. And again, that's where I come back to that. David and Bayo are one, two, three level above mm. almost any defense in Liga. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I do agree with you. I think if it, uh, the only question mark in my mind is, will it gel? And you do need certain players to show more than what they've shown in the last 18 months or so. So Way uh, and Bamba in particular are mm -hmm. the ones that I have to mind because where else is the creativity going to come from in that side? I, I, I'm a big fan of Benjamin André, who I think is excellent. Uh, I, I like Jonas Martin. I think they'll provide a good base in midfield. But don't ask them to play through ball and, and to mm -hmm. start coming up with service to to David and, and Bayo. So, and obviously with David, it makes more sense for him to stay, I think, in the World Cup year, especially with Bayo next to him. Um, and because his his value is, at, I think, is, is quite low, actually, at the moment. So the club likely won't want to sell him but if there's an opportunity he might he might be going so there's a little bit of uncertainty around him although it's been quiet so i, I think there's definitely talent there like you said you've identified the, the defense is weak in my mind there's there's no academy barely any there's little depth and and i'm i'm i don't know about how much creativity there is in midfield those are the elements that make me more are about about Lille, but but if it if it clicks and you know people, certain players grow, then of course they they can easily challenge for the top top eight. Um, but the, there's not at the moment. I'm I'm just cautious, and I also don't know. You know, Paolo Fonseca's background. Yeah, he's done okay. I, you know, I'm not, I don't feel like it's not like a Lucien Favre who I think was genuinely Nothing impressive before he came, before he came to Nice. Fonseca 
doesn't look like a choice by default. I'm absolutely not saying that. And I'm not saying he's a bad manager at, at all. I just don't know it enough about him. And similar to what we'll talk about Tudor, when I look back at his pedigree, I don't I don't have my eyes wide open going, what a catch. I go, yeah, it's smart, potentially good. Um, and so all those elements mean that I'm a little bit more lukewarm about about uh, Lille at the moment. It's funny because I don't I don't really believe in the the worth of, of players financial wise to talk about their talent, uh, mm. but it's it's pretty um, it's pretty uh, I guess eye opening when you look at uh, the, the Lille squad on on transfer market and you mm. look at the value per line. Their goalkeepers total value is seven million euro. The defender total value is twenty three million euro. And then the midfield, it's 83 million and the attack, it's 95 million. So clearly, yeah. this is where the, the talent is yeah. uh, and where they're going to struggle. It's, uh, it's, it's in the defending department, as, uh, mm. as we mentioned. All right, let, let's go to the teams that we agree on. Who are you going to talk about for? Let's talk about the team that was promoted. Toulouse. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think we're not the only one uh, in the yeah. French football world who think that Toulouse is the kind of team that can stay uh, in league game when they just um, came up, they've lost basically no one. Just loaned mm. a couple of players in League Two, Bangre and Sana, uh, and they've recruited uh, a few famous unknown players: um, Tige Dalinga from Excelsior, who he who was the um, the best striker, the most prolific striker in uh, second division in the Netherlands. Uh, Zakaria Abouklal, who comes from uh, AZ Alkmaar. Those players are 21 and 22 years old. Mm. Uh, Oliver Zanden, 20 years old from um, Elfsborg in Sweden. Uh, Kate Hog from um, Valerenga in uh, Norway. Uh, so Toulouse is here and, and they're telling us that what Brentford did uh, seven years ago and what Michi Lang is doing, which is recruiting using data, works year in, year out. Uh, and so they've mm. done it again this season, trying to stay uh, in Ligue 1, but they're going to basically play their league two team in yes. league and, and 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 play to their strength um thoughts on uh, on patrice garand squad i'm i'm is it garand or montagnier montagnier it used to be garand right yeah, <laughs> yeah it used to be garand that's why right. i just had it yeah um yeah i'm weirdly ambitious for them like i've got them i've got them 11th in my in my table um, and I don't think that means they'll be twelve, you know, ten points clear of fifteenth, right? I think it will be close to that, uh, and I don't think they'll come close to Europe. But uh, I see them being safe. I I like a, a team that ha- a club that has a model and that sticks to it, uh, even when they get promoted. I think uh, continuity and alignment within the club is a within clubs is a good thing, and. You know, they were clearly the best side in Ligue 2 last year. Um, their players are young. Their players are young. They're hungry. They they want to do well. They've got, obviously, some players that have been even more impactful than others. You know, um, Reese Healy's been mm-hmm. <laughs> a force for them over the last few years. Obviously, Vanden Boomen was Ligue 2's player of the year last season. They still have players like uh, Bafo de Diakite uh, in defense for them who came up through the ranks and is still only 21. So there's a package there that I that I really like, that I'm really enthusiastic about. And and like I've said before, I respect and admire teams that um, 
keep following the same line and trust the players that brought them there. And I don't, I think they were so far above anyone else in Ligue 2 that I can see them definitely being better than four or five sides in, if not more than that, in uh, in Ligue 1. And it's just a huge rejuvenation of that club. I mean, when they went down, it had been after, what, four or five years of just pure malaise. Every, no one was liking Olivier Sadran anymore. Yeah, the fans, himself. you know, the fans were tired of it. And now there's a there's a huge um, feeling of everybody's on board. Everybody likes the team, and I think that does play a part for for promoted sides in in French football, which is slightly more open to promoted sides than than the Premier League, for example. Yeah, very enthusiastic the the Toulouse fan, and and I guess the. The whole of yeah, the whole of French football for for a team like Toulouse, who's, who's doing things like we said, using data the, the modern way. There was word of of them trying to find an experienced goalkeeper to to replace Maxime Dupé, uh, and then they got that that kid Kiechil, um Ogg from from Norway, who's 24, who knows who's going to be the the starter. But you you said it, there is talent. You know the Nikolai Sen. Uh, you you mentioned Jackie. Mm. Um, there's Desler, who's who's great right back. Uh, for them, there's uh, there's the the kangaroo, the soccer, Denis Jeanro, the uh, the mm. French uh, Australian, who's an Australian international, uh, who's there. And then up front, there's just a lot of talent. You mentioned Aris Ely, uh, but there's also Rafael Ratao, the the Brazilian who had a, a solid season. Uh, Ado Neu, who was um, piling goal after goal back when he was playing in in Japan, and then the few games that he's played in in Ligue 2 and in Coupe de France uh, has some success last year. And, and like we said, they've recruited Abuklal and Dalinga. So, so yeah, yeah, I see them. Um, as you said, I think I see them as a team who is working together well. Uh, if they keep Van den Boomen, Van den Boomen and Spearings in the middle yeah. of the park is actually uh, pretty impressive. And and the experience of of Brecht de uh, will, will be good to see. The, the whole Benelux is is represented in their midfield there. Um, but, but yeah, it's going to be about. It needs to work because if mm. it doesn't work, it would be a bit of that um, that that card castle who, who just uh, who just might fall apart, and it's going to be hard, I think, for them to uh, to buy their confidence back if it doesn't work. Montagnier is a coach that is um, that is liked in um, mm. in France in general, and that has always done some good work. And and like you said, it just looks like a structure that is made for success. So um, so hopefully they'll get there, and hopefully we'll be surprised. Um, it's it's a lot of talent that seems there. It's a young squad as well. Like there's only a couple yeah. of players that are over 30. Not even, I think there's only one. It's only Brecht, right? Yeah, Dejeuger is the only player that's over 30 in their squad. Uh, so it's a, it's a long, exciting squad. I You almost want them to not finish over the 13th spot because otherwise yeah. next year everybody buys their players. Uh, yeah. So they, they're going to have a bit of work to do to, uh, to lose some games on purpose. <laughs> mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Another squad that we were pretty excited about, the coach. We talked about it in our last podcast together. Uh, FC Lorient and uh, Regis Lebris, their coach. So Lorient have lost basically Boulang Mendes and, and, Moritz, um, and Moritz Jens are maybe the two important one, but Jens didn't really find his, uh, his way last year in Lorient anyway, and, and then now he's going to play in, uh, in the Scottish Premiership. Uh, Mendes was more started than anything most of the season last year uh, and now he's going to La Liga uh, and then Pierre Evamel who, who didn't really find his spot is, is in 
back in Ligue 2. And they've recruited, uh, again, a few known and a few less known uh, players. Montasar Talbi from Rubin Kazan, uh, Darling Yangwa, who comes from New York in Ligue 2, uh, Gedeon Kalulu, excuse me, who comes from Ajaccio in Ligue 2, and then uh, M. Bogo, the goalkeeper from um, Leipzig, who is uh, coming to, I guess, answer the question who's going to be in, in goals. It's clearly going to be him. Uh, and then a few players back from Lund. Lorient is a team who has talent, but mm. is a team that is um, going a bit into the unknown, aren't they? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, Le Bris has a good pedigree. We, we talked about it. Um, is he the next Franck Ez, potentially? They've got very similar parts and they know each other well. But it's, it's still a daunting task and it's a club that is traditionally a yo-yo club. So difficult to come in, trust the youngsters and try and play expansive football. But there's a, like you said, there's a lot to like there. Um, I've I liked the fact that on the transfer front, they have s- seemed to keep their key players, you know. So Enzo Lefe is one that I think might have a season where if he adds goals to his name, he'll, he'll be on a lot of people's radar. Because I think he's capable of scoring, you know, five to eight goals in a season and a, and a few assists, even for a club like Lorient. And then up top, you know, Mofi and uh, Lorienté had a mm-hmm. difficult season last year, but they're still both young. And if you have a real football educator in Lebris taking over, then they might, you know, have a bounce back season. And if they both do, well, whether it's one or both of them, if, if they bounce back, then... Lorient will be dangerous rather than blunt uh, as they were last year. And I think that their lack of form last year impacted a lot um, as to how Lorient lined up. Because I don't think Pellissier was necessarily a manager that wanted to play defensively. True. But but he was slightly pushed into it. So counting on improvement within the squad, I think they've got a manager that seems able to do that. And they still have a, you know, still have a lot of talent. Their weaknesses are still ever the same, you know, defensively and a bit of a soft center. Um, but um, but there's there's something to like and there's I still see them as being better than than four or five teams. So that's I've got them as I've got them as fourteenth and they I could see them going down to sixteenth or I could see them going up to twelfth. I think that's really their home. Um, and I'm hoping they'll stay clear of relegation troubles this season because it's a it's a club that people should should like and, and respect yeah I, I think they're they've definitely taken a, a card of two uh, and a coach of two of uh of ren uh, mm-hmm. and they've really been inspired by the uh, the powerhouse of Brittany and, and trying to develop their youth system the way it's worked at ren and, and lebris was uh, was one of the important guy over there uh, interesting to see that uh, lebris son is in the squad theo lebris it's, uh, it's always great to have a uh, Coach and son uh, happening in the same team, uh, but yeah, it's it's a lot of young talent. You mentioned Lorienté uh, and um, and Mofi up front. Kone uh, made, made a good um, first mm-hmm. six months in uh, in Ligue 1. Uh, Stéphane Jara has been a little bit, um, you know, up and down, and so was Sambo Sumano. But it's all strikers that are uh, 23 and under, so it's a, mm. it's a good solid armada to uh, to rest on as long as they play well. And the experience is there. Thomas Monconduy, Laurent Abergel, uh, Le Goff as well defensively. So yes. they have players here to, uh, to to help them. Like you said, the, the defense, Laporte and Petro, it's it's good, it's not great. Uh, I'm assuming mm. that Kalulu is coming to play. 
Um, so so Kalulu might be um, playing, but it, if I'm not mistaken, when I was um, looking at what he did in league, though he was more right back than a centre back. Um, so so who knows who's going to be really playing in a, in defence for them because it was as you said one of their issues last year as well as the goalkeeper and all that drama that happened around the keeper. But apparently mm. with Embogo, that's what they'll do. I agree with you. They they live in that in that fourteen to to sixteen realm, uh, and, and I think that's probably. Um, where they'll end up as well, unless the series goes their way, or unless, unfortunately, the series doesn't go that way. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if if it's a streak of bad results. If uh, if Regis Lebris is asked to to go back to his former role, uh, which was academy yeah. director and and the reserves coach, I don't think he'll be fired. But I think they might find if they see that it's just not working. If if uh, if la mayonnaise ne prend pas, as, as we say in France, they'll uh, they'll they'll try to get somebody who's a, uh, I'm not going to say a Pascal Duprat, but a, but a coach of that, mm. um, of that kind of mindset, uh, somebody who can maybe save them to, uh, to, to stay in, in Ligue 1. Mm. Next up, we have Stade de Reims, who uh, infamously lost uh, one of the uh, two, one, what am I saying? One, one, two, three, potentially four of uh, the best uh, talent that we've had in Liga in recent years. Uh, I'm talking mainly about Hugo Ekitike, who signed uh, for Paris Saint-Germain, technically on loan this year and then transferred next year. Uh, Pedra Grajkovic, who mm-hmm. mind-blowingly left for okay. two million... Two, two million euros. Two million what, that's euros. pocket money in football. Any, any Liga team should, should be mad not to have put that money... I, I mean, oh, no, even I for two for two million, even a club like Marseille. For sure, Marseille. Up, if you look at Paul Lopez and Raikovic, I would rather have Raikovic. Hundred percent. It's it's so. mind blowing. Um, then they lost Gillian, Gislain Kona, who left on the free mm. to get a bit of money uh, down in um, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Uh, Sambu Sissoko um, went to to Serin, uh, and that's that's about the the important one. Andrew Gravillon is back, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, the transfer was final from Inter after being on loan for a couple of seasons. Uh, they got Emmanuel Agbadou from uh, Cass Open in, in Belgium. Uh, Patrick Pence, the goalkeeper from Austria, Vienna in the Austrian um, Bundesliga. Maxime Buzzi mm-hmm. is um, coming from Parm. He was on loan last year, if I'm not mistaken. And the latest recruit was Junior Ito. Junior Ito. The Japanese international, a bit of a coup for Reims to to get a, a player like Junior Ito to come for them. He's a bit of a, uh, um, I guess, a bit of a cult hero uh, back in uh, back in Belgium because with uh, with Genk, I can't remember how you say Genk in French anyway. Uh, with Genk, he 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 scored quite a quite a few goals and he had a, a pretty good spell since he came from uh, I think he was at he was at Kashiwa when he was back in uh, back in uh, Japan so anyway they've they've basically replaced um, a, a striker that was fast by another striker that was fast uh, with Ekitike leaving and, and Ito coming in uh, Ito is I think 28 29. 29, 29 years old, so he's not yeah. the youth of Ekitike, but he's a player that just wants to prove himself, and it's a World Cup year for him as well. Um, so I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about Junior Ito coming to, uh, to Reims. Uh, anyway, a team that's coached by Oscar Garcia, uh, who's not known to to play his team in, the, I guess, the most entertaining uh, football that we've seen in Ligue 1, but uh, a coach that likes to have uh, a team that plays efficient, that defends well and that attacks well as well, uh, and a team that we've both 
put into the mid table because, and I think we agree there, they've kept talent that we thought maybe were going to go. Um, Woodface, um, potentially mm. the, 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 the John Lopi and uh, El Bilal Touré, who, who are still there, although we didn't think they were going to say Thomas Fouquet as well. So the defense is roughly the same with Abdelhamid staying as well. And he was their strength last year. They lose the keeper, they replace him. What, what do you think? What's the best Reims can do, you think, this season? Uh, I've gotten 10th. Um, yeah, just a club that seems to know what they're doing. They plan for it. Um, you know, they signed Jens Kajust last last season, for example, which I don't think was necessary for the second half of last season, but was more for this season. Um, they've reacted well to the Ikitike departure. I think they knew he was going anyway. They kept on to, to him for a couple more months. Uh, and they've, they've signed uh, smart, players that look like they'll fit in their system and so that's that's a that's a good thing that's continuity i've already established that i'm a big fan of that um and and i think they're banking on on continued growth from their players so you mentioned elbile touré who wasn't very prolific last year but showed signs alongside a kitike of of um of developing, I think Nathaniel Mbuku is is certainly an interesting yeah. young player who will continue to grow. They've got, they've they seem to have had more of a focus on bringing young players over the last eighteen months or so, and it's been working so far. So I'm very enthusiastic about that side. I, I know Oscar Garcia doesn't necessarily play the most expansive football, but he that is his brief is to keep Reims in Ligue 1, and he and they played very well-organized football last year. They were never out of a game. Um, so I think they've been impressive and they continue to be impressive. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them this season. I'm, I'm quite I'm quite high on them. I think they will... Yeah, I've got them 10th. So it's, I think that's quite high for us in, re- in recent years. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's a young team as well, right? You said it. They, they try and keep their talent. You... You, you remove Yunis Abdelhamid, who's, who's 34 years old, and I think the, the next important player is 27, and, and then it's all younger than that. So uh, so it's a team that is trying to play uh, on their youth, bringing mm. in Junior Ito, who's 29, is is bringing in that maybe much-needed experience that they didn't have last year up front because everybody was uh, w- was pretty young. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm looking forward to seeing them as well. I I have put Oscar Garcia in that bucket of uh, of player of coach that can be fired if they don't do well. But I think that whether they keep him or they get a new coach if it doesn't work, I think that's going to be a team that is going to uh, create more upsets than uh, than we expect this season. So uh, a good team to have in our mm. in our mid table bracket. Yeah. The last one, and and I think we probably both agree why we put it there. Uh, FC Nantes. Mm. Um, the team coached by Comboire, French Cup winner, playing European football this year. Uh, they've lost, of course, Randal Colomani mm. on the free, but that's about it. Uh, they've yeah. kept most of their of their team besides that, so the, the famous continuity. Uh, they've recruited Moussa Sissoko, who's, who's uh, a lot of good stuff is said about him since he joined and, and who's played well in preseason, 32 years old, the uh, world champion with France in 2018. They got Mostafa Mohamed, the uh, the player more famous for his um, aborted transfer than from his successful one, and he's finally in France now. And they got yeah. Evan Gessin, the young forward from Nice that I'm not rating that much, but anyway, he's there. Uh, yeah. They managed to 
keep, and that's probably the, the more important fit for Nantes, right? They managed to keep Alban Lafont. They managed yeah. to keep Quentin Merlin. They managed to keep um, Ludovic Blas. They managed to keep Moses Simon. Uh, talent that we know for a fact, Premier League, Serie A, Liga teams wanted to, to recruit and they keep them and, and Comboire is there, uh, ready to soldier on. You think, and I think we think the same thing, Nantes and Europa League means that they can't have a year as good as last year. They might lose some, some forces over there. Do you think we, we put them in the middle of the table, but do you think there's a chance that they can create a bit of a, of a small miracle and be higher than that? It, un, until they get an actual striker that can be counted upon, counted on, then my answer would be no. I've got them 12th. I think that's. I think they'll be safe. I think they'll be comfortable. They'll be in between ninth and 14th most of the season, I think. Uh, the playing in Europe is going to take a lot out of them because they doesn't have a huge amount of depth. Um, but they, you know, the talents there. I, I've always, I've always liked Comboire. Actually, even I know he was given this uh, image of being a bit of a dinosaur, but he, he did he he did quite well at most of his clubs, <laughs> um, and he's a very likable guy. I, I think the. The only caveat I have to not is that there's always the potential to head much further downwards than upwards. And if it explodes between the two Kitas and Comboire, then I could see the club club heading downwards because Comboire for me has a real... He's an ex-not player. He has a real sense of sort of morality. I think he's very sort of strong on that. He's a good caution at the moment for he's the link between the Keaters and, and the fans at the moment. Mm-hmm. And if, if he gets screwed over by the Keaters, which can happen based on, happen based on history, then he would leave. And that would be a huge loss to the club that would set them back years. Probably. Um, it's looking quiet on the Western front at the moment um, at Nantes, you know, but their mouth shut up for the whole transfer window. Frankie Dai is nowhere to be seen, which is probably a good thing. That dodgy agent that seemed to be responsible for all, players coming into not hasn't been active from what as far as I can tell. I can't remember his name. So I think Comboire has been backed in the sense that no one's left. There hasn't been a fire sale. Uh, I think he's still expecting two or three players to come in. And if he gets those, then they'll be very, very comfortable. But I don't see them... I mean, could I see them finishing above Haas? Yeah, of course. I mean, they could finish 10th. Or ninth, but I don't think they'll finish higher than that section we've identified between ninth and fourteenth. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a team that is that has bought into Comboire, which is so mm. important, right? Because some of those players they probably saw the offer coming their way and and they decided to stay. And I'm, I'm thinking mainly of Alban Lafont and Ludovic Blas there, uh, but mm. they decided to stay not, which which is great for uh, for Le Canary. You know how long that's going to last. You know, if you say you know that. None can go down. It's because they've done it in the past, um, yeah. struggling and, and getting the wrong coach, etc. Um, Valde Marquita did come up once in the summer mercado, saying that he was pretty sure he could get Milik to come to Nantes, and, and then uh, and then that stopped pretty pretty quickly. But um, but yeah, we, you're right. They're looking for a striker. There's where that Juan Guizhou might come from Bordeaux, mm. uh, and supposedly yeah. another striker, which is uh, of international level, uh, is on the uh, is on the little paper, but. Yeah, who, who knows what's going to happen? 
Europa League will be a, definitely a test for them. Uh, and, and Europa League might also be their downfall for, for more than one. First, it's going to take a bit of their energy uh, for the first three, four months before the World Cup. And second, uh, it's going to showcase their players. And so mm. any any yeah. time not will play well, it's going to be more eyes on Lafont, more eyes on uh, Merlin, Kiribella, um, Blas, Moses, all those players that we've named. So it's a, I, can, I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword. I think Lafont probably is still here because he thinks he can... He can Still, the third spot uh, for yeah. the keeper in uh, in World Cup behind uh, Mignon and, and Loris, but um, but I think there's there's a fair few teams that probably would like to get a 23 year old keeper who's as uh, as strong and as uh, mm. experienced as uh, as Lafon is. Absolutely. That's our mid table recap. Thanks everyone for uh, for listening again, uh, and you know. Stay, stay tuned. The, the top eight is coming in, in two uh, different episodes. That preview from Ligue 1 is, uh, is very entertaining. Uh, and I think we're going to have a, a bit of fun talking about who we think is going to finish eight to five and who's going to finish four to first. Uh, spoiler alert, Paris Saint-Germain is probably one of the <laughs> top four teams. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you for listening. Subscribe. Go and check the Classic Pod and uh, listen to the next episode.